Well, good morning and thank you for joining us today. Well, what a great service so far. And uh, we're praying for you. Thank you for connecting and our, our thoughts are with you. Well, we're going to continue um, our second talk today on the I Am Statements. And uh, the statement that I'm going to speak to you about is the bread of life. And actually, this is the first I am that Jesus uh, begins to talk about who he is. Last week, I talked about the good shepherd. And so let us read from John's Gospel, chapter 6, from verse 25. If you haven't got a Bible, it's okay. I'll read it to you. So let's start from verse 25. When they had found him on the other side of the lake, they asked him, Rabbi, when did you get here? Jesus answered, very truly, I tell you, you are looking for me, not because you saw the signs I performed, but because you ate the loaves and had your fill. Do not work for the food that spoils, Jesus said, but for food that will endure to everlasting life, which the Son of Man will give you. For on him, God the Father has placed his seal of approval. Then they asked him, what works must we do that God requires. And Jesus answered, the work of God is this, to believe in the one he has sent. So they asked him, what sign then will you give that we may see it and believe you? What will you do? Our ancestors ate the manna in the wilderness, as it is written, he gave them bread from heaven to eat. Jesus said to them, very truly I tell you, it is not Moses who gives you the bread from heaven, but it's my father who gives you the true bread from heaven. For the bread of God is the bread that comes down from heaven and gives life to this world. Sir, they said, always give us this bread. And then Jesus declared, I am the bread of life. Whoever comes to me will never go hungry. And whoever believes in me will never be thirsty. But as I told you, you have seen me and still not believe. All those the Father has given me will come to me. And whoever comes to me, I will never drive away. For I have come down from heaven, not to do my will, but to do the will of him who sent me. And this is the will of him who sent me, that I shall lose none of those that he gives to me, but will raise them up on the last day. For my Father's will is that everyone who looks to the Son and believes in him shall have everlasting life. And I will raise them up on the last day. You know, this is a powerful statement. As I said last week, that when Jesus said, I am, it's referring back to those same Greek words in, in the Hebrew when Moses asked God, the Father, in the Old Testament, in Exodus chapter 3, who shall I say that will send me? And there God says to him, I am. So Jesus is actually saying um, something about himself, that he is more than a teacher, but he is God himself. Many times, Jesus would ask um, the disciples, who do men say that I am? And now in this context, in these, in these statements, Jesus is saying, Look, let me tell you, I'm going to tell you who I am from my own lips. And so when we speak to you today and we tell you about Jesus, we're actually saying what he said about himself. And so Jesus in this story, just as fed the 5,000, that's around 20,000 people with a few loaves and a few fish. And then the people wanted to make him king by force. So he goes to a mountain to pray. And the disciples then move on to the next assignment. And they go on a boat. But Jesus actually doesn't go with them. And so we know the story that on this trip to their next destination, there's a wild storm that comes up. And the disciples are terrified. 
And then eventually, after a long time uh, in this boat against the storm, they see Jesus coming, walking on the water. They are terrified. Then Jesus says, it is I, do not be afraid. And then they invite him into the boat. And there they, they eventually get straight to the place where they, their destination when Jesus is in the boat and the, and the storm is calmed. So what, what can we just learn by those few little facts there where Jesus feeds the multitudes and then he's on the boat with a few of the disciples by night? Well, you know, the main purpose of the miracles of Jesus was not just to meet the needs of the people physically, but also to help them know something greater about Jesus. That he was not just a great teacher, but he was God himself who came, who came to save the people from their sins. And so Jesus does this mar- amazing miracle with the multitude. And uh, then he goes privately with the disciples by night and he walks on water. So the lessons that we can learn is that sometimes Jesus will do a miracle for the crowds. And then sometimes Jesus does the miracle for us in private with the disciples. Because also he wanted them to know that he was more than just a teacher or a rabbi or just a, a good person. You know, when Jesus calmed the storm, they looked at each other and said, who is this? Even he calms the storms. All the miracles of Jesus, all the signs and wonders are there to, to say something more about Jesus. And you know, in our lives, when God does something in our lives, it's, it's just to help us to have faith in who he really is. And I believe in this time of isolation, in, in, in this lockdown, I believe it's a time to prove God in our own personal life. We, we may not be able to get to the crowds, but I say Jesus will still meet you where you are and help you understand who he is in your life. So in this story, I just want to bring and try and answer two questions from the passage that we've read. Uh, just to help us to understand from the religious leaders and some of the crowd that asked Jesus two questions. So let me try and answer those very briefly as we continue in this passage. The first question they said, what sign will you give us that we may see it and believe you? What will you do? You know, when you read this, many sought him um, because they wanted to get something from him. And it's really important to pause for a moment as uh, the people of God that we just don't go after Jesus just for his blessings. Uh, Jesus said to them, you are looking for me because you ate until you were full, not because you saw the signs of who I am. And you know, sometimes in church life, we can be driven by what we get from God rather than pursuing God for himself. And so I don't want to be a follower of Christ that just goes after his blessings. I want to be somebody that goes after God. You know, when the Israelites sinned against the Lord by constructing a golden calf, he, he said to Moses, look, I'm going to still let them go into the promised land, but I'm not going to go with them. But Moses said to God, God, look, you know, I want the promise, but unless that you go with me, I'm not going. You know, what a heart of Moses. He just wasn't seeking God for the blessing. He was seeking God for who he is and, get to, and to get to know him. And I want to say to you today, don't just um, seek God for what he can give you. Seek him to know who he is. Not only your healer or your provider, as we said on Thursday at our prayer meeting, but the, but, and the one that will just rescue you from the problems that sometimes we cause ourselves. 
No, but because of who he is, getting to know this, our wonderful saviour, Jesus Christ. Now, I want to just say, just for a second as we go on, I think it's great that the church um, can begin to help many people to meet their needs um, and to be a blessing to uh, those around us. But I want to just pause for a moment because, you know, people in church life, they can begin to look for a church that will meet their needs. And uh, I think it's great that you need to find a church that will encourage you in the Lord and to equip you for works of service. But if you um, connect to a church just because of what they can give you, I want to tell you, your needs will run out and you'll find disappointment and then begin to look for another place to get your needs met. Just like these people were searching for Jesus just to get their needs met. You know, and so I want to encourage you that a church exists, that you are the church, the people of God. And the ministers of the Lord are there to equip you for works of service. It's also great that churches can demonstrate kindness and the love of God through all kinds of serving and feeding programs and caring for every need that we can help with. But let us remember, everything that we do as a church are signs to help people focus on Jesus. They're not to, to pat our church on the back, to give ourselves a good name, or even you a good name. We're always to reflect people to Jesus. Because I want to tell you, we only can meet physical needs, uh, but Jesus is the only one that can meet our spiritual needs. So a church always must begin to point them beyond itself. You know, the rabbis taught that when the Messiah come, uh, came, he would duplicate the miracle of the manna in Exodus chapter 16. And they said, Jesus, if you're really sent by God, then prove it by causing manna to come from heaven. And Jesus said, look, you know, in the past, it wasn't Moses that actually gave you the manna. It was God himself. And uh, he gave it freely. Even though you were disobedient, God still provided for you for 40 years with manna. But God has provided manna right now and I'm standing right in front of you. And it's me who is the manna that's come down from heaven. Jesus is declaring who he is. That, it, that the place that he came from was his dwelling place, which was in heaven. And now God the Father has sent him down to earth for a purpose. And this purpose is to give life to all who will accept him. They wanted proof of a sign. But you know, as Jesus was stood in front of them, they did not believe. In fact, the scriptures tell us in 1 John, John chapter 1 verse 11, he came to his own and his own did not receive him. Now that's not everyone, but many, many religious people did not uh, believe that Jesus was who he said he was. When God gave the manna, he gave it as a gift. But when he gave Jesus, he gave himself. There was not much of a cost to God in sending the manna every day, but there was a great cost in him sending his son Jesus to this world. What sign will you give? What, what, is, what will you do, they said. Let me tell you what God did. He sent his only son to die on a cross for the sins of the world. That's what God did. And on the third day, he was rose from the dead and then he appeared to many and then ascended to the right hand of his father. Romans 5 says, but God demonstrate his own love for us that while we're still sinners, Christ died 
for us. That's what God has done for me and you. Galatians 1 chapter 4 in the New Living Translation says, Jesus gave his life for our sins, just as God our Father planned in order to rescue us from this evil world in which we live. Jesus was encouraging them to seek the blessing, but a blessing that would last eternal life. And that blessing only came through Jesus Christ, who declared he was the bread of life. First question, what can God do for us? We've already heard what he has done for us. Secondly, the second question which they asked, what must we do? to do the works that God requires. It's interesting, the two questions there. And the second question, many religious groups are trying to answer that question all the time in what they do for God. When you talk to many religions or people of different sort of denominations or, or, or whatever it is they follow, they, you say to them, well, how can you make sure that you're connecting to the God that you are serving? They will always give an answer of what they are doing to try and meet the need of their God. The religious leaders were committed to fulfilling God's laws and they asked that question, what do we need to do? The only problem with many people and many religions is that they are required to do some kind of good works to get their approval from their God. It's an effort on their part. Work hard, live a right life and uh, try and live up to the standards that religion sets. But the truth is, no one can fulfill the requirements of God. No one in all their good works can reach the standards that God requires. Because the Bible says that all have sinned and fallen short of the standards of God. No one is righteous, not even one. So what could they do to please God? In fact, it's amazing that Jesus gives us the answer. He said, if you really want to do what God requires, the work of God that is required. Are you ready for this? Are you ready for the work that's required? He said, this is, this is it. Believe in the one he has sent. How simple is that? How many people miss this? They have to think, they have to do a load of good works. They have to live up some kind of expectation. But they miss the simple truth that Jesus gives them. You really want to know what the work God requires? Then you need to believe in the one who is standing in front of you. I am the bread of life. See, Ephesians 2 says, For it is by grace that you've been saved, through faith. And it's not from yourself. It's the gift of God not by works, so no one can boast. Many Christians know John 3.16, but what we sometimes miss it, these two questions are summed up in that one verse. Let me tell you what it is. For God so loved the world that he gave his one and only son. First question answered, what will God do? Second question answered, that whoever believes in him shall not perish, but have everlasting life. Jesus declared, I am the bread of life. Whoever comes to me will not be by no means cast out. I want to say to you, you may be looking this morning and you may be having many needs in your life. And you know, good people, charities and the church can meet those external needs for you 
feeding programs, conversations. But the biggest need that we have in our life and society is that we need our spiritual need met, meeting in our lives. We need forgiveness from God. We, we need to be forgiven and we need to be put right with God. And the only way that can happen is that if we put our trust in Jesus Christ as our personal saviour. I wonder today if you're looking and you've tried everything that this world's got to offer you, you know, and you're still hungry. You're still left with a hole in your life of being sort of, uh, of a, um, a famine, you know, like you, you're famished with, there's got to be more to life than this. I wonder if you tried many things and you're left with a thirst. And you know, even though that people may meet your physical needs, you're still left thinking, what is life all about? Let me tell you, Jesus Christ is the only one that can fulfill that need. Yeah. And not only fulfill that need, but to give you assurance of eternal life. I don't want to be a doom and gloom on this Sunday morning, but I want to tell you with COVID rapid around our world, we need assurance of whatever happens to us on this life that we can have eternity with Jesus, that our life is not finished here, but we can live on through eternity. That's why Paul says, I'm not afraid of life or death. I am not, I'm sure that his love is continuous for all. And I want to encourage you today, if you don't know Jesus Christ, if you're not sure that your sins are forgiven and that the hole in your life is not fulfilled, then Jesus would say to you, as he did in that day, I am the bread of life. And if you will take hold of me, and if you will believe in me, I will come into your life and I will meet that spiritual need that you can't find in any other religion or any other person or any good work. So as we come to close to today, if you are a believer today, you know, you might think your life is falling apart. You may be worried about the COVID or your job. Let me tell you something. The most important thing, and they're important things, don't get me wrong. The most important thing you need to know is that you've given your life to Jesus, that you believe in him and he sealed your life with his approval that no matter what happens, you will live for eternity with him. That's the assurance that Jesus gives. And if you don't know Jesus today, you may say, well, I'm not good enough. I don't know whether I could go to a church. Listen, the church can never, never save you. It's the message of the church that can save you. And that message is Jesus. You may be so far from being religious, but it doesn't matter. What I want to offer you today is living bread that will fulfill your need that no other person or thing can and his name is Jesus. And all you have to do this morning is to put your trust in him. All you have to do is believe in him and receive him into your life. And I guarantee you today that you will know a difference and that God will come into your life and make himself known to you. I want to give you that opportunity today by praying with you. And all I would ask for you today is that you be open and want to receive Jesus into your life. Not only can he forgive you of your sins, but he will come into your life and he will begin to meet your spiritual need and also help you in the needs that you have with the external around your life. Let's pray. I want to say to you just from your heart, if you say, you know something, I have this hunger, I have, I have this famine in my heart, my spiritual heart, I have tried everything but I cannot fulfill it. And say, well today I need Jesus. He offers you eternal life. 
And if only you would receive him. The religious leaders wanted more signs and they rejected him. My appeal to you today on this morning, do not reject the call of God to you today. He said, whoever will come to me, I will no means cast out. No matter who you are, where you've come from, if you will open your heart to him today, he will forgive you and give you a brand new start and an assurance of eternal life. Let me pray with you. Lord Jesus, if you want to pray this prayer with me from your heart, then God knows your heart. Lord Jesus, I thank you that you died for me on the cross. I realize that I cannot earn my salvation or forgiveness. No matter how good I seem to be, I know it will never meet up to your standards. And so, Lord, today I put my trust in your works on the cross. I believe that you died for my sins and that you were crucified for my life. And on the third day, your Father rose you from the dead and now you are seated at the right hand of God. This morning, I put my trust in you. Lord Jesus, forgive me of all my sins. From this day, I decide to live your way Come into my heart and into my life by the power of the Holy Spirit. And I ask it in Jesus' name. Amen. Thank you so much if you prayed that prayer. We'd love to connect with you. And please get in touch with us by our website. If you're a follower of Jesus today, I want to say to you, no matter what's going on around your world right now in your life, you have assurance of eternal life and nothing can separate you from that love. And so let me pray for you as we close. Father, I pray for every believer today to let them know that even though you bless us with all the material stuff, you have given us a provision that no one can take from us and that is eternal life. Thank you, Lord, that you died for me on the cross and my trust in you is eternal and I just give you all the praise and honour in Jesus' name. Well, God bless you today and we continue to pray for you. Thank you so much.